So I'm going to continue the theme of A Spirit of Adventure this morning. It's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to take you on a couple of different journeys, but hopefully we'll bring it back at the end so it all joins together and makes sense. So the title of my talk for this morning is Capable of Anything. Capable of Anything. The first thing I'm going to start with is a story. Some of you may have heard it before. It's a story called Acres of Diamonds. It's a true story. There was a farmer, a farmer out in Africa. He had a farm and he inherited his family farm and he enjoyed toiling the soil and stuff. But he heard by word of mouth that on the other side of the country, diamonds had been discovered on somebody else's farm. And so he looked at what he had, he looked at everything that he had and he thought to himself, well, I wonder if there's diamonds for me. And this consumed him. And he took his eye off what he currently had. He took his eye off the farm in which he lived, in which he'd inherited, and he sold the farm and went out in pursuit of finding diamonds. He travelled from one place to another place to another place. He kept hearing stories of a guy down the road, 100 miles, an off trek, hopefully finding along the way that he'd find a plot of land that had diamonds on it. He lost everything. He spent his entire inheritance and got so depressed, he basically threw himself into a lake and died. He drowned himself. That's not where the story ends, though. Because the guy that had bought the original farm, the farm in which he owned, the farm in which he'd inherited, bought it for, yeah, to farm the land. And so the story goes that one day, when he's walking over this land, he comes across a stream. And in the stream, something gleams out at him, and he sees a ray of blue and a ray of red, and he picks down, and he picks up this bizarre rock. He thinks to himself, that's a little bit strange, but it looks quite cool. I'm going to go and put it on the mantelpiece at home. It'll be a talking point. And so he takes this rock, and he places it upon the mantelpiece, and thinks nothing more of it, until a few weeks later, he has somebody come and visit the farm. And throughout the mealtime, the person that's there as his guest is looking at the mantelpiece. And eventually he says, do you mind if I go and have a look at that? And so the guy said, of course not. He said, where did you find it? Oh, I found it in the stream a few weeks ago. And the guy picked it up and looked at it and turned it around and said, do you know what you have here? And the guy said, well, I'm assuming it's a crystal or something. He said, you've probably got the world's biggest diamond. And he goes, don't be daft, it can't be. I've got hundreds of these things all over the land. <laughs> it was the biggest ever diamond mine field ever discovered. There were hundreds of thousands of diamonds available. And yet this guy had gone in pursuit of something that had already been given. So as we embark on this spirit of adventure, sometimes it's not about jumping on a plane and flying somewhere. For some people it might be if that's what God's called you to do. But what I want you to start to do today is to look exactly where you are standing. Because God has called you to be here, called you to be part of this community. We've been called together, we use that phrase, for such a time as this. 
We've had a prophetic word in the past about Dagenham being our Jericho. So we hear stories from all over the world about this happening and that happening and miraculous healings and people being raised from the dead and all sorts. And I think sometimes we're looking out there all the time where we could actually look at where God has placed us and saying, this is my Jericho. This is where God has called me to be. These are the community where I've been placed. This is where I can actually make a difference. I brought a prophetic word to the church a few weeks ago. And I just took out certain phrases of it to put here for this morning. Now is the time when anything is possible. Now is the time when flower buds that have been buds for a long time turn into bloom. Now is the time for community transformation. Now is the time when dreams become a reality. Now is the time to dare to believe. Now is the time for a new smell to be in the atmosphere. Now is the time to say to the Lord, I claim it. Now is the time. It wasn't yesterday. It's now. <laughs> Nothing needs to be said, does it really? It's really interesting because as I looked and as I pondered and as I thought about this spirit of adventure, I was thinking, I need to go and dig up some of the prophecies that I've had. If you remember, I encourage you to go back and listen to the prophecies that you've been given. Because every word that leaves God's mouth doesn't come back void. Go back and listen. And the only way I could go back and listen was by getting hold of one of these. <laughs> because prophetic words before were recorded. We used to have a little stock of tapes at the back, and I remember the person sort of trying to change the tape over and press record, and hopefully got all the bits in. And I listened to a tape back from 1990, when we had a team over. And they brought me and my wife, Tia, a prophetic word, and I listened to that stuff. And as I listened... I got so encouraged and I could pick out various different bits that have happened and yet do you know what there's some bits that haven't happened yet and it just brought them to mind and it reminded me and I said to God okay if now is the time then let it be let me enter into that stuff reveal yourself to me afresh make it happen one of the phrases you'll be given the opportunity to speak into the business community this is way back, yeah, long time ago. What did I do beginning of the year? I stood in front of business people. And as Anthony said, little old me, and I thought, what on earth am I doing on this stage? This is part of my business networking group. We had people there from around the world. And I was given the opportunity to stand on the stage and talk about anything I wanted to talk about. Great opportunity to say, God, what are you saying into the business community? I don't want to say anything without God saying it through me. Use me as a tool. Use me as a mouthpiece. What did I talk about? Integrity. 
Why did I talk about integrity? Because I think it's one of our core values. And when I started my own business group called BNI, the group, I named it Integrity. And that's how I linked it. I started a group called Integrity. And why did I call it Integrity? The rest of it wasn't about BNI. The rest of it talked about what God can do if we operate in, kingdom, in a kingdom way in the business community. The theme for this year's BNI conference was BHAG. Who's heard of what a BHAG? Have we heard the term BHAG before? A couple of people. That picture there is not a family picture. <laughs> it represents what I think a big, hairy, audacious goal looks like. And I think at this time of spirit of adventure, big, hairy, audacious goals. Yeah? I thought to myself, what does it look like to set a goal? I think too easily we can set ourselves achievable goals. So you can think to yourself, well, I want to lose a little bit of weight. I want to lose a couple of pounds, because I know I can actually lose a couple of pounds without too much effort. And when you get there, you think, tick, I've done that. I reckon God is asking us at this time and at this season to set yourselves big, hairy, audacious goals. Goals that you know you cannot achieve in your own strength. Stuff that's going to require him to put some input in, him to make it happen, him to make the conversation happen, him to get you in front of people of influence, him to give you that opportunity. Set yourself some big, hairy, audacious goals at this time. And if you can't think of any, ask God to show you what they're going to be. And when you look at them, and you think to yourself, I can't do that, that's the one you write down. That's the one you start to pursue. I've been so encouraged by Anthony, getting involved in the council stuff. That's a big, hairy, audacious goal right there. And I'm wanting to hear more and more of those stories over the next few weeks, as God starts to download the big, hairy, audacious goals for you and for everybody else in this community. As I thought about the cassette tape, and I thought to myself, my kids probably don't even know what a cassette tape looks like. I remember saving up my pocket money and buying myself a really nice Walkman, which had numbers on it. I remember faithfully recording stuff, and then you just have to sit there and play and write the number down where the tape had got to so you could get to the next track fairly quickly, or so you thought. Remember that? So inside your cassette covers, you had lots and lots of different words and lots of different numbers. And if you got the cassettes messed up, it really messed up your, your evening's entertainment. My mobile phone now can contain pretty much every single song on planet Earth. It's available at my fingertips now if I want to download it. My dad loves classical music, and if you go into his office, his entire wall is full of every single version of every single piece of classical music ever. I've got them all here. That's how technology has changed the way that we are. So one of the things I talked about this morning is exponential technologies. What a lovely phrase. The definition of exponential technology is growth whose rate becomes even more rapid in proportion to the growing total number or size. I tried to break it down and make it simple with Andrew Tizard yesterday. Never, ever have a conversation with Andrew Tizard to simplify stuff. 
it, it doesn't work. <laughs> we did try. But basically, if you show it on a graph, the arrow just starts here and then goes whoosh as things change. Who remembers Kodak? Mmm, Kodak. They went bankrupt. They used to have 178,000 staff only in 1998. A few years later, they went bankrupt. Why? They basically used to produce 85% of, of the, the film that was there. Digital photography at that point didn't really exist. It was just coming in. The very first digital cameras had about 10,000 pixels. 10,000. And it was exorbitant. It was expensive. You just couldn't afford it. And even if you had one, when you went to print the picture, it was so spotty and grainy, it wasn't usable. My mobile phone has a few more pixels. In such a relatively small amount of time. Who knows what the world's biggest taxi company is? Uber. And do you know what? They don't own a single taxi. They're the world's biggest taxi firm, and they don't own a single vehicle. Quite phenomenal, isn't it? They're affecting the marketplace. And if you don't believe me, ask any taxi driver. Because taxi drivers love Uber, believe you me. Isn't that right, Jane? <laughs> Airbnb. They're the world's biggest hotel chain. They don't own a single building. This is how technology has infiltrated the world in which we live. Let's bring it right up to date. Let's bring it up to the beginning of last week. When something called... <laughs> now, now it's confession time. Stand up if you have logged into Pokemon Go this week. <laughs> right. Remain standing if you are over 20 years old. Twenty-one? Twenty-two? Twenty-three? Twenty-four? Twenty-five? Twenty-eight? Thirty? I'm not going to embarrass you any further. Pokemon Go, for those that don't know, is an interesting little application that's become available. Pokemon has been around for years. Suddenly, they've seen a way of technology, or technology's caught up. Pokemon Go has taken them 15 years to develop. And they kept it hush. They kept it quiet. And now technology has caught up to such a state where they can utilize it. I've seen grown men and women. In fact, who got locked in Hainault Forest? <laughs> They got locked in Hainault Forest pursuing imaginary creatures 
running around going, I'm on level 21. People have quit their jobs to do this thing full time, to pursue cartoon characters. What's it going to do for your life? But you know the interesting thing? I don't know what the terminology is, but they basically put a Pokemon... What do they call it in the churches? What are they... Poke stops. Post stops. Okay, post stops have been dropped in every single church. What's that going to mean? Young people are going to be running into churches right now to catch Pokemon. But let's think about it. Why don't we start to pray that when they go there to catch Pokemon, they catch God. They catch the word. They catch his spirit. They catch something different. Technology has infiltrated who we are. And we need to start embracing it. Anybody heard of the, uh, the board game Go? I knew Isaac would have heard of Go. One of the mo- world's most complicated games to play. And there are so many different ways of winning the game, it's ridiculous. More than the stars in the sky, apparently. Do you know, for the first time this year, a computer built the be- beat the best Go player on planet Earth, 10 years earlier than predicted. IBM Watson, that's the way you brand stuff, you stick your name at the front. Looks like it's a rack of computers, doesn't it? IBM Watson is there, and it is learning constantly. Believe it or not, it's getting involved in legal cases right now. There's been a drop in the amount of legal professionals in the States because of IBM Watson. Because it's far cheaper to go and consult a computer than it is to consult a human being, believe it or not. And its success rate in a court of law is higher, is higher than our typical barristers can do. Why? Because it's learning the whole time. Not just one person's head, but it takes the, the knowledge from around the globe of all the legal cases. Every legal case is fed into it. It's learning the systems, how to beat the system. It's learning loopholes in the law. And so people are turning straight to IBM Watson now rather than paying for a lawyer or a solicitor. Why? Because their chances of getting success is higher. How things are changing. Facebook. It's got built-in face recognition. They haven't fully launched it yet, but it's there. It's there. Imagine what it's like in a couple of years' time when they start to take that technology and make it available on the TV. So when our politicians are standing up there and talking to us, it would tell you if they're lying or not. There's an application out there called Moody's. If you download Moody's onto your phone, you can just record a snippet for about 20 seconds and it will tell you what sort of mood you're in. It's great fun. I did it in the office this week. I didn't tell, didn't tell John. I think agitated and grumpy came up quite a lot. <laughs> but you see how things are just being taken over without you even knowing about a lot of them. It's an interesting world in which we live in when technology is taking over. 3D printer. 3D printing technology is out. It's been out for a number of years. 
It used to be prohibitively expensive in the past. And yet, do you know what? In the last 10 years, the printers have come down from over £10,000 in price down to £300. Which means you can take a 3D printer and stick it at home. Do you know what? All the major shoe companies right now are developing templates and stuff for you to print your own shoes. Wouldn't that be great, ladies? <laughs> I like those shoes. I'm going to print myself a pair. Anybody to print yourself a pair of shoes? Wear them. I don't like them anymore. Print another pair. How do you think that's going to affect all the major shoe manufacturers when you can print your own at home? The value will start to become in the patterns that are created. I was looking at a Nike football boot and thought, that's just absolutely amazing. Do you know that most major airports around the world now have a 3D printer? Because it's far faster for them to print spare components, spare mechanical parts, than it is the traditional way. If something breaks, they can print another one, stick it in place, and this air, they're flying in the, in the sky with printed components. Japan has just finished its first six-story printed building. Totally printed. Do you see how the world is changing? And there's talk now, within the next year, two years, in your mobile phones, there'll be built-in 3D scanners. So you've got to photograph something and just go home and print it. The world is changing. I love this one. Who's seen the Google driverless campus cars? Fan dabby dozy. They are going to affect motoring forever. Who likes driving? Who enjoys driving their vehicles? That might change over the next 10 years, maybe even five years. Why? Because driverless cars are starting to be put into main production. Think to yourself, that's, that's absolutely crazy. It changes the way that we think and the way that we operate. But imagine not having to own a car anymore. None of those expensive repair bills and stuff. You had to just call a car from your phone, the car would arrive and take you to where you're going and you pay the appropriate fee. Because you don't have to concentrate on what's going on, you could start your day's work sitting in the car and get an extra hour's worth of working if you've got a long commute, without having to worry. Taking your family on a holiday in the UK and you want to drive from, I don't know, here to Land's End. In you get, go to sleep and wake up in Land's End. Don't think it's possible. It's going to come quicker than we can possibly imagine. So motor mechanics have got a very limited shelf life in what they do. Think about it. If we don't actually own cars, most of the car parks that we now see in our towns and our cities are no longer needed. Why? Because you don't have to park anywhere. They could be converted into parks and recreational areas for our children. The amount of cars in the cities will greatly, greatly reduce. Interesting world, isn't it? And yet, if we talk to the, I know we're not allowed to be, but the over 40s or the over 50s, or people as old as my father and Lynn Coles, <laughs> if they could have imagined the technologies they see now when they were kids, they would have said it's so far-fetched and never, ridiculous, will never happen. And yet, we're seeing it everywhere. The guy that did all the research went to speak to some of the major car manufacturers. 
the Audis and the BMWs, and they said, what is your one fear in the marketplace right now? What do they say? Tesla. Why? Because the technologies that Tesla are putting out onto the marketplace are going to change the way that we drive forever. Maybe our children won't actually need driving licenses anymore. Think about that. Maybe you won't have to pay for their exorbitantly high insurance anymore because they won't need to drive themselves. So there are a few benefits in there. Let's look at some of these images. I'm sure these people didn't do this or produce this for any level of fame whatsoever. But I'm just amazed at how a creative God gives us the brain capacity to produce stuff and invent stuff and change stuff that can affect the entire planet. Alan Turing with the Turing machine worked at Bletchley created a machine to work out or break the Enigma code. In effect, it was the first ever piece of artificial intelligence created there. Nikolai Tesla, 1884. American guy, worked on the transistor and the AC generators and magnets. His technology was so far ahead of time that Tesla are utilizing some of the stuff that he created back then now, over 100 years later. Why? Because he created stuff that the marketplace wasn't ready for. Friction match. John Walker wanted a way of creating instant fire for the miners. He's a chemist, and he worked with all sorts of different concoctions and stuff to try and work out a way of doing it. And he came across the friction match literally by accident. He dipped a splint in there, caught it on the, the worktop he was working on, and it burst into flame. Forty years after he died, the patent was approved in the States. And so we have the friction match. George Stevenson, famous for intercity railways and stuff, worked out a way of putting a protective gauze around a miner's lamp so they can go down into the mines and not get themselves blown up with all the poisonous gases out there. Miles Bowling worked for Saab. The ejector seats. He was then pinched by Volvo and put the first seatbelts in vehicles. How many lives do you think these people have saved and how they've changed the world in which we live? There's a few more people, and Jamie's going to play a little film clip just to inspire us. And again, bring it back to the fact that God does this stuff. He enables human beings to do this stuff. What an amazing, creative God that allows us as human beings to learn, to develop, to change world systems. Have we unplugged? Just a slight te technical hitch. It's amazing, isn't it? As I watched that, that video back, I just thought, blimey. They were all born the same way. Yeah? And yet God implanted something into them to enable them to know how to do stuff, how to create stuff. But I want to bring you back to this point. People power is the most 
powerful exponential technology that we know. And God has called us to be part of this community for such a time as this. Working together, we can achieve all of his purposes that he's called us to at this time and moving forward. We change lives. Remember the acres of diamonds at the MP3. Remember the acres of diamonds. What I want you to do today is start looking around to the left and the right of you and realize that we have diamonds in our midst. amongst us to change the world. I want God to download to you today the fact that you're a diamond, that you're here for now and you're going to make a difference. Just by having a conversation tomorrow with somebody, just by telling one person about Jesus you'll make a difference. I think for too long, we kept our mouth shut and just done good stuff. That word Jesus brings power, it brings release, it brings transformation. Over a thousand young people affected by our mentoring program, 47 schools. That's the God that we serve and that's what we're involved in. My second dad. Put on his shoes and started running for something that he believed in to make a change. Heidi. Seeing people, women, girls, seeing their lives change forever. Why? From using simple craft, but has the additive of God being involved in the equation. Alan, stuck in his house for years, and gets a prompt from God to jump on a plane and go abroad. He's a little man that says, I want some of that, and got some of that. Mr. Tizard, changing systems, changing medical systems, changing the world. And Smith, Creative English. Are you starting to see a pattern here? We're world changers. We are world changers. Why? Because God has called us together for such a time as this. And for some of the things they have no function and are past it, 
I said to her this morning as I walked in, Sheila Wright, you're a prayer warrior. You inspire me every single day. Every single day. John would not get on a plane and fly from here to another country without knowing that you are praying and your team are praying. You're called for such a time as this. You're called to inspire people and change people and call down God's blessing upon people, Sheila, right? So you never, ever tell me again that you're too old. Not allowed to be old here. PJ Cole, standing in front of Her Majesty the Queen, making a difference. It's just PJ, you might say. But look at what God's enabled him to do. Look where he's come from. Tanya. I could have put loads more of these things up, but I thought we'll be here forever. But what a fantastic, fantastic community God has placed us in. For a spirit of adventure. The Corner Coffee House and the Hub. There'll be many stories coming out from the Hub's Week this week. With Fatima yesterday, I sat in a little prayer tent with this guy who said, if God is real and Jesus is real, then let him show him. Let him reveal himself to me. I let him walk out the door. She was like a, come sit, you have to hear you have to know. Go spend 10 minutes with her. Ask her about her passion for Jesus. It'll inspire you. It will inspire you to go and talk to your neighbours. Go and talk to your friends. Go and talk to your school friends. Go and talk to your bosses and your managers at work. Go and start to declare this wonderful person that me and you know, whose name is Jesus Christ. Life changes when you get to meet my best friend. And this is what he's done for me. Start sharing our testimonies, not just up here on a Sunday morning, but in your workplace, over a coffee. Go and tell people about this wonderful person called Jesus, who gave it all for me and gave it all for you. Go and sit in the corner coffee house and have a cup of coffee expecting someone to come and sit and chat to you. And don't talk about the football, or the weather, or the government. But let's start to talk about Jesus some more. Let that be the starting point of your adventure. When you step out of your comfort zone and start to just chat about him. This guy to me yesterday, as we were sitting there, he said, one of the things, he grew up in a Muslim family, and he goes, one of, the, one, one of the things that confused me the most was all these traditions, weird traditions. I said, you know what? If you put Jesus in the midst of all of that stuff, it will start to make sense. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, give me an example of one of these weird traditions. And he goes, well, they washed each other's, each other's feet. And I said, Jesus did that. And I unpacked some of God's goodness, God's servant heart to him. And he goes... Oh, Jesus can infiltrate and change and transform any situation. Being involved in the hub this week, I only managed to go a couple of times, but I was inspired. 
over a thousand people go through that place a month. Yesterday we had over 240 people come for a fun day. And what was happening? People were sitting and people were chatting about Jesus. And so I want you all to be inspired this morning to say to God, you put me here. I'm in a diamond field and I want to shine. I want to chip off the outer layers so that I can shine bright. I want to chip off all the imperfections so I can shine bright for your kingdom. I want you to chip off everything that's not from you. And I want you to open my mouth and I want you to give me the ability of just chatting to people about you. All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. That's the start of your adventure. That's what Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago. And his mandate hasn't changed. His mandate hasn't changed. So if you think you haven't got an adventure, just ask him. Look at where you are. Look at where he's placed you. Look in your workplace. Look in your school. Look at your neighbours to your left and your right. Look at the stuff that you're involved in. Look at your sports clubs. This is what it's about. And I'm excited to be part of this journey with you. I'm excited to be part of this great adventure. So I'm going to quite simply leave you with this. What's your adventure? Because more than, well, most of us went and signed that contract. If you sign that contract, have an expectation that an adventure awaits you if it hasn't already started. Have an expectation. Because the enemy will seek to say, yeah, it's not for you. It's not for Alan to come out of his house. He can stay there. It's not for Sheila to start continue to pray. You've done all that, Sheila. Forget. They don't have to do it anymore. That's the stuff of the enemy. It's not for Andrew to stop doing what he's doing because he's achieved everything. He wants to pursue that some more. Yeah? I want to see Creative English, the country over. I want to see our mentoring program, the country over. I want to see our young people inspired. Yeah? Pokemon Go is a load of fun. Granted. But utilise it. Think about it. Say, God, give me a conversation when I meet up with these lunatics that are also looking at their phone at the same time in the middle of nowhere. Have a think about it. And on that note, how about some hands? <laughs>